We have an important public service announcement this morning. It may feel like Tuesday, but it is Wednesday. It's the second day of the work week for most of us, but this week that's a Wednesday. It's also the last day of May. Today is May 31st, and tomorrow we begin the month of June. And, well, most relevant at this hour, it's 7 a.m. You're listening to Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. And this is Roadmap to Heaven. It's so great to be back with you today on this Wednesday morning. Let's begin our day in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, for our radio listeners, we're going to be hearing about preparing for persecution, and we are going to uh, hear about always being ready to die. I know, it's such a cheerful thought for a Wednesday morning, but here's the reality. We don't know the time nor the hour. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't know. Do you know? Probably not. So we got to be ready. And then we're going to continue hearing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to go into each of those gifts with Father Wade today, or at least we're going to start. And then Monsignor Stephen Rossetti is going to be with us to talk about deliverance. That's all on the show today. Before we go to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. Today is the Feast of the Visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And our guide is Luke, who takes us immediately from the Annunciation to the Visitation. Mary's first action after finding out she will bring the Savior into the world shows her concern for the other mother involved, who is older and already six months pregnant with a child who will herald the Savior's arrival. Mary begins her recorded life not worrying about herself, but in the service of another mother and her baby, and she does so in a hurry. In today's Gospel, Luke will tell us Mary proceeded in haste, and that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice, saying, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Blessed Mother and Saint Elizabeth, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. 
Earlier this week, well, actually last week, we started a conversation with Father Wade Menezes about Pentecost. And in that conversation, he went in-depth on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We started talking about the gifts and the fruits in general yesterday. Today, we are going to continue our conversation with Father Wade about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in particular. So now to go into the seven gifts, um, I'd like to come through each one of them briefly with a little paragraph. Uh, The gift of wisdom, the first of the seven, is our ability to value spiritual things over worldly ones. Uh, It enables us to desire the things of God and correctly order the things in our life properly, putting God first. This gift of the Holy Spirit helps us view the world through God's perspective and not merely our own, and the light of faith through the lens of the light of faith. I think that's important to say. It instills in one a desire to constantly want to contemplate the things of God, even while still living on earth. This is seeking heavenly wisdom, a proper ordering of things, placing God first. And and I think that's very, very important. The gift of understanding helps us to grasp the truths of the faith more easily and profoundly. Our human intellect cannot grasp all of God's mysteries, but through the Holy Spirit's gift of understanding, we can be led to the truth, even when we do not fully comprehend it. Think of a married couple who's struggling with whether or not they should contracept. They know what the church teaches. They know it clearly, in fact. They've even become students of studying that one teaching of the church, but they just cannot intellectually arise to it. But because they've been praying for the gift of understanding, slowly but surely, they begin to not only know more fully the church's teaching against contraception as something morally illicit for the marriage bed, but they begin to literally embrace it because they want sanctifying grace to imbue their marriage. They want sanctifying grace to lead them in their marriage. And so they both begin to grow in the gift of understanding or one spouse may have it and the other spouse not yet have it. And so that one spouse begins to witness to the other spouse about it. And I've had many men at men's conferences tell me, Adam, Father, when I began to seriously make a Eucharistic holy hour at my parish's perpetual Eucharistic adoration chapel, even on my own, without my spouse, I began to question myself, why are my wife and I so afraid to conceive again? Why do we continue to contracept? What is this fear and why are we letting it rule our marriage with a capital R? And they've been converted from the use of contraception. You know, in their married life, they began to witness to their wife as as the husband and father to their family and to the current children they have. So they began to understand more fully the church's actual teaching. Backing up to the gift of wisdom, let's use the example of a person with their business ethic. We said that the wisdom was, uh, the growth in the gift of wisdom was the ability to order things appropriately by placing God first. Maybe in a place of business, uh, in their vocation of employment, that is, Uh, they didn't always have good ethical practices, but because they've been slowly but surely converted more and more to live their Catholic faith, they began to place things in such an order that God was first in their business. And so the the former lax or the former, dare I say, evil ethics practices ceased. They, They came to a halt. No more. I'm not going down that road anymore with my business practices. Maybe the businessman or the businesswoman says. So they began to place God first and put things properly ordered. That is a great example for us. It seems to me that with both of those, there, there's also this element of trust, not only 
yeah. especially with understanding, because with each of these, I, I may have more degrees of understanding as time goes on, or a greater depth of understanding as time goes on, but I'm not going to have that complete understanding, if I understand this correctly, on this side of the veil. It might not yeah, be that's, in, that's, until we're in the beatific vision with our Lord himself right. that we actually fully understand everything. And remember, we have the three-legged stool of sacred scriptures, sacred tradition, and the magisterium, the teaching office of the church from the Latin word magister, which itself, the magisterium, is, is grounded or rooted in the apostolic college of the apostles. Um, we have the three-legged stool, scripture, tradition, and the magisterium presenting to us everything in the sacred deposit of faith that we need to know to put ourselves on the path to salvation, to indeed work out our salvation, as Philippians 2.12 tells us. And so by the light of faith, we're guided. By the religious assent to what's been revealed, we are guided. And that's what's important. Uh, the gift of knowledge is awareness of God's plan for me and for the world. Uh, and and there, this is a traditional listing of the order, too. So the wisdom leads to the understanding. The understanding leads to the knowledge. Now, thirdly, I'm talking about uh, the gift of knowledge is awareness of God's plan. It is not simply an accumulation of facts, no, but rather an understanding of God's purpose and how we ought to respond to his purpose. The Holy Spirit's gift of knowledge helps bring to life the temptations that we face daily and to strive for a certain resoluteness to live a life worthy of God's approval. That's very, very important. So I like to say the gift of knowledge, the third one in the traditional listening of the seven, follows precisely from the first two, wisdom and understanding. Huh? So I want to uh, begin to only put myself in, in, in predicaments that I know will lead to virtue and virtuous living. I'm not going to put myself in predicaments where I know in the past I've been led to, to sin. Um, like the friends you hang out with, for example. What's the old maxim, Adam? Uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your life. In other words, bad friends, bad life. Good, holy, and virtuous friends, good, holy, and a virtuous life. Now, you never want to cut off the bad friend completely because you might be uh, God's answer to their coming to the fullness of truth one day. So you never amputate. But you do have a right to detach with love if this particular friendship is leading you into sin, right? Uh, and so that's just one example of, of wanting to put myself on the right path now with, with knowledge, with the knowledge that I've gained. We are going to stop there talking about the gifts. We'll continue that tomorrow. In the meantime, we're going to take a break. Here's Rhett Walker with Come to the River. When we come back, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti will be with us to talk about deliverance. A prayer to the Archangel Gabriel. O blessed Archangel Gabriel, we beseech thee, do thou intercede for us at the throne of divine mercy in our present necessities that, as thou didst announce to Mary the mystery of the Incarnation, so through thy prayers and patronage in heaven we may obtain the benefits of the same and sing the praise of God forever in the land of the living. Amen. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti was recently in St. Louis to be with us at the St. Louis Marian Conference. He is the author of Diary of an American Exorcist, available through Sophia Institute Press. Monsignor, thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. My pleasure, Adam. Now, Monsignor, uh, one of the things that you did at the conference, you gave some wonderful talks, but you also had a healing and deliverance mm -hmm. service. And I think for most of us, especially in this day and age, we recognize 
what healing is and even that we are in need of healing. But for many of us, deliverance might still be an unfamiliar term. It might just be the title of a movie from way back when or the latest app on your phone to order takeout without leaving your couch. But in terms of our Catholic faith, deliverance is a very uh, powerful spiritual reality and it implies that there is something we need to be delivered from. So I was wondering if we could just start by asking that question, what is deliverance, who's being delivered, and from what? Well, as an exorcist, we cast out demons from people who are fully possessed. But most people, thank God, are not. But all of us are tempted by uh, Satan. And some people, more than a few actually, have uh, some of the stronger presences of Satan. They're not possessed, but they have some... Uh, maybe evil spirits that are are influencing their lives, and so this deliverance uh, casts them out. Uh, so it can be very freeing for a lot of people. So when we talk about sometimes, you know, what, say you, you struggle with the vice of unchastity, that mm-hmm. you, you struggle with lust, and it just feels like everywhere you go, and ev- or at some point every day, as if somebody's tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, take a look at take a look at that young woman over there, Mr. Man here. Uh, that's part of what you're talking about then. Well, there's a difference between ordinary temptations, which everyone has. Uh, Satan tempts everyone, uh, versus a little stronger presence where Satan's into is what we call his extraordinary uh, action, and he might be oppressing or obsessing someone. For example, all of us have sexual temptations because part of being a fallen humanity. But when Satan gets involved more intensely, uh, then they can be very powerful. Or or he can influence uh, your mind and really put some really negative, wrong negative thoughts in your mind. We call those demonic obsessions. So sometimes this extraordinary activity of Satan can be a pretty strong influence for evil in our lives. But the power of Christ uh, casts him out. I would imagine that more than a few of us then wonder at times if this is the reality, you know, number one, how does it happen to people? And, and number two, and probably most importantly, how do we, how do we avoid it? You know, I, I, I don't think that I want to go through my day saying, gee, I hope I get to be the special target of Satan today. <laughs> well, for, I, tell, I tell us to priest, you know, some, sometimes people will say, or priests will say, well, I don't want to say these deliverance prayers. I don't want to rile Satan. Well, you got to be kidding. I mean, if, if you've never upset Satan in your life, are you really a Christian? If we live a, a holy life, the Satan will attack us. It happens to all the great saints. When you look at, like, Padre Pio and Catherine of Siena and all the great saints, they were so holy that uh, they were a target from Satan, and then Satan would actually beat them up. Now, that, thank God that doesn't happen to most of us. But Satan will attack you if you're living a holy life. Now, how do we protect ourselves? Very simply, remember that trust in Jesus. Jesus is Lord, live a holy life, go to confession, go to Mass, uh, don't uh, commit any serious sins, and God forbid, don't do anything that they call magic and Ouija boards, all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't invite Satan into your life. But if you don't do that stuff and you live a holy life, uh, you're, you're pretty protected. You know, we had a, an example the hard way the other night. We live in an urban area, and unfortunately, if you forget to lock your doors on your vehicle, odds are good that at some point your vehicle will be ransacked, and they go through looking for money and whatnot. And the other morning, I found out the hard way. I left the doors unlocked, oh. mm-hmm. and so what happened? The vehicle was ransacked. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. So it makes it makes a lot of sense that in the spiritual realm, don't open the door for Satan. Right. Don't leave the door 
door unlocked for Satan, use the tools our Lord has given us to shut the door and lock the door. That's what people don't realize today. I mean, they're doing all the sorts of magic. Some people say, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a white witch, I'm a good witch. No, no. When you do magic and occult stuff, you're explicitly inviting Satan into your life, whether you know it or not. So stop all that magic, uh, witchcraft, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, uh, go to the sacraments and pray. Pray the rosary. What a wonderful, powerful prayer of the rosary. Indeed. Now, Monsignor, before we wrap up here, I, I think one of the things that I often encounter in talking with people about uh, demonic oppression and in all of these matters is a fear that we don't want to know too much about it because we don't want to endlessly be afraid or wonder uh-huh. or entertain these things, but we should have a healthy appreciation if I understand correctly, for everything you're talking about. So if, if we want to know more, or, or we think we need to know more, what are some resources that we can use to learn about deliverance and oppression and everything you've been sharing with us about today? Well, as you say, Adam, we don't want to walk around in fear. We People talk to me, well, as an exorcist, you must be frightened. No, I'm not. Jesus is Lord. We see the power of Christ. We just throw a little holy water on the evil spirits that go screaming or lift up a cross, and behold the cross of Jesus, I can't stand it. So we, we're confident in the power of Christ. Now, there are resources. We, I, I wrote a book, Diary of American Exorcist. We have a website, catholicexorcism.org. And, of course, the church and the catechism. The, the catechism teaches about these uh, realities, a little bit anyway. So follow what the church teaches. The church teaches truly. But always remember that the death and resurrection of Jesus has smashed Satan's kingdom, and Jesus is Lord. And I would imagine if someone has a, a serious concern that there's a very serious matter, that that's something that they can go to their, their parish priest or their diocese for further assistance and further uh, Right. You should, they should go to their parish priest for, for help. Also, uh, we have a, a monthly online deliverance session. We have 15,000 people sign up every month from all over the world. Wow. So uh, people have said it's been very helpful for them. Uh, but, of course, more serious uh, infestations, then you'll, you should have a priest help you. Well, Monsignor, this has been very insightful and, and a great reminder for us on so many of these things, especially locking the doors, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in your spiritual life and, and be on the right side of the door. As I told my daughter when she asked me about witchcraft the other day and whether or not there were good witches, I said there are two sides, Satan's side and God's side. We know who wins. Which team do you want to be on? And yeah. she, she said the winning team. Could I ask you to uh, close our time together with a prayer, Monsignor? I ask the Blessed uh, Virgin Mary to spread her mantle over each and every one of you, all of your loved ones, all your possessions. May the blood of Jesus wash you clean. May the holy angels surround you. In the name of Jesus, may you be healed and liberated and delivered. In the name of Jesus, may you all be at peace. May Almighty God bless you all. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, thank you so much for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Friends, we're going to take a break, but don't go anywhere. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby He is offended, and through the infinite merits of His most sacred heart 
and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. In lieu of a catechiz question today, we actually, I, I want to talk about the Holy Trinity because we're coming up on Trinity Sunday, and I want to share with you uh, this little tidbit from Frank Sheed, and talking about the triune God, divine nature, divine persons. We use the phrase nature, and we use the phrase person. And Frank would, Frank Sheed says, the first stages of our investigation into person and nature are simple enough. We use the phrase, my nature, which means that there is a person, I, who possesses a nature. The person could not exist without the nature, but some distinction there seems to be the person possesses the nature, not vice versa. We say, my nature, not nature's me. So, a divine person would possess a divine nature. The per- divine person couldn't exist without the divine nature. There's a lot to unpack there. We're actually going to get into that Friday talking about the Holy Trinity with Father Wade Menezes. In the meantime, let's get you another check of the weather here in our daily dose of encouragement. Prayer for vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, We beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Americas and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. We are midway through the week, and we paused for our daily dose of encouragement. This week, Patty Schneier is sharing with us about the virtue of prudence. Patty, what's in store for us on this Wednesday? Well, in talking about prudence, we're talking about that virtue that helps us make good decisions. And yesterday, we talked about the first step growing in prudence would be to address any sin, anything that does not align up with our Catholic faith, in order to have a good conscience, a well-formed conscience. Today, the second step to grow in prudence is we must acknowledge our own limitations and ask for help. And this takes humility, of course. But a prudent person will seek wise, godly counsel. So choose someone who is sincerely following the Lord, who lives a holy life, and who has strong moral convictions and love for the truth and the Catholic Church. Priests are often willing to help. Spiritual directors are there to help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. The church truly does give us everything that we need. You're not alone. So who is the holiest person that you know? Ask that person. If you're going to make an important decision, ask help from that person. And yes, of course, if you need some someone with medical expertise to make a medical decision or someone with financial expertise to make a financial decision, by all means, seek those people out. But don't overlook someone with holiness and moral judgment in making those decisions as well. A certified holiness planner. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but it's something to aspire to, and I think this is a great step, too, on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. As we wrap up today, I, I just want to go back to two things we heard on the show today. One, that admonition to just live 
holiness each and every day, striving to become a saint. If we don't make it overcomplicated, if we don't put it off until tomorrow, we should be in good shape if today is the day that we're called to stand before the Lord. And also, uh, you know what Monsignor Zetti said, don't unlock the door. You know, don't be foolish out there opening the doors and inviting spiritual attack. So, yeah, lock the doors and uh, be holy today. That's the moral of the story. Trinity Sunday is coming up, and so we hope you're getting ready for that. But also coming up this weekend, we have First Friday and we have First Saturday devotions. In fact, June starts tomorrow. So what are we called to do? Now, this is a great reminder for us. How often should you go to confession? Well, that monthly devotional confession, even if you're not in a state of mortal sin, is a good practice. And we're reminded of that by First Saturday devotion, where we are called to go to confession, then go to Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion, pray the rosary, and then meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. Of course, the Blessed Mother asked this of us. She asked it through the children during the Fatima apparitions. And what a great reminder it is for us. Well, how often should we go to confession? Well, if you're doing what the Blessed Mother tells you to do, every month, every month you should go to confession, right? And then on top of that, Friday we have our first Friday devotion. Very simple. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, Pray in honor of the Sacred Heart of our Lord. Pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord. Sadly, you don't have to look too far to see sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord. Uh, But you know what? We can pray, and it's something we can all do. And June is the month of the Sacred Heart, so if, if you've never made this devotion, if you haven't done the nine First Fridays or the five First Saturdays, especially First Fridays, This is a great month to kick it off and to start. Make this your first, first Friday and uh, go from there. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By the way, today, this last day of May, great way to honor the Blessed Mother. Pray an extra set of mysteries. Pray the Glorious Mysteries, which we traditionally pray on Wednesdays. And also pray the Joyful Mysteries, so you can pray the mystery of the visitation of our Lord. Just something to think about. Until next time, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.